everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Tools of Songwriting. Tools of Songwriting is a website and podcast geared towards giving people the tools they need to express themselves through writing their own music. It's for beginner to advanced musicians, and we'll have simple, understandable, and practical tips for everybody. On today's show, we have my friend Judith Avers. Judith is probably one of my favorite people and has really helped me out over the years. Not only in songwriting, but in how to navigate the music business. She's the person that told me that I didn't need a backup plan when I was first starting out. Honestly, no one had ever said that to me before, and it really made me rethink my entire career. She's played music all over the place and has even opened up for one of my favorite songwriters, Josh Ritter. Today we zone in on her songwriting and how her songs have evolved over the last few years. Judith is just as honest in real life as she is in her music. I hope you enjoy the interview. Hi everyone, welcome to the Tools of Songwriting podcast. I'm your host Todd Murray. Today I have a very special guest on the show, my friend Judith Avers. I've known Judith for, am I saying your last name right? Avers? <laughs> yeah. I, I started thinking about that like, what if I've been saying it wrong for 17 years? Anyways, we'll fix that later. I've known Judith, I've known Judith for about 17 years, I think. She was super helpful when I first started playing open mics in Colorado. She's given me some of my favorite advice about music and the music industry when I needed it. I remember someone saying once that she could sing the phone book and it would still be entertaining, and I can't really disagree with that statement. She just released a brand new album called Walk Steady, so listen to this show and then go listen to that album. So, all right, Judith, uh, where did we first meet? I was trying to think of that. I'm not sure if it was like um, Avogadro's or... I remember hanging out with you at Borders, and they used to have that song series there too. But I, w- I was like, did Todd work there? No. Or were we just like having coffee there? I think we had coffee there. I forgot that they had a thing like that there. Um, my ex girlfriend used to work there, so I was there all yeah, the time. Maybe I was at Borders, was anyways, all the time. So. Yeah. But it might have been was... Avogadro's. I yeah, I, I feel it. like it was. There was also that. Um, open mic in Loveland, Colorado for a while at that like really big coffee house that had like tons of couches. Oh yeah. And like a lot of velvet. I don't know if it was there either, but I was like, that was kind of happening at the time too. Those are two places I totally forgot, forgot about. I I thought it was totally Avogadro's number, but I guess not. It might've been the couch place. The couch place was pretty cool. It was either that or Avos. There was a lady there that would do a bunch of Joni Mitchell songs. I remember that at the couch yeah. place. And Helen Beth. I don't know if um, I remember her. She would do a lot of like folk songs and she had like a big fundraiser for a cat she had that was um, hit by a car and like a fundraiser. It's like a, all these folkies raised like tons of money to help save her cat. Oh, really? It was Yeah, it was pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I remember about that. How did you get started playing music? Well, I had a guitar. I got a guitar when I was 16 and growing up in um, liberal Kansas, but I didn't really play it. And then when I moved to Colorado, I really started like I wrote my first like full song when I got lost kind of driving around Greeley, Colorado. (laughs) I had this car with no radio and like limited functioning windows and I was just kind of lost no GPS there's no cell phone or anything and I think it was 94 95 
And I was driving around and just to entertain myself, trying to figure out where I was in this new town. I started writing this song and I was thinking, wow, Tracy Chapman would sound so good singing this, (laughs) which is very naive of me, but, and she's an amazing writer. So of course she would not want to sing my dorky little song, but at the time I was like, Tracy's voice. So amazing. (laughs) I just, I just got to figure out a way to get this song to Tracy. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So I went home to my sister's house where I was living. I was like staying in their basement and they had a little keyboard and they had like a left-handed guitar. And I just was like, well, I got to figure out how to get this song down onto an instrument so I can figure out how to save it so I can get it to Tracy Chapman. And I didn't have, I just was singing it over and over like a whole day because I had no way of like keeping track of it. Yeah. And so then I taught myself like a couple of notes on a keyboard and then I learned like enough chords on a guitar to like figure out what chords it was and that's how it started. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Almost like songwriting came first. It wasn't like an instrument or anything. It's just like, I have to do this. Yeah, I was like, I have to get this song to Tracy. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, What is your writing process like now? Has it changed any since then? Did Um, you ever hear from Tracy? No, I never sent it. That's like the story of my professional life. (laughs) I just write tons and tons of songs and then... I'm crippled with anxiety and never do anything with them. So that's my thing. That's my shtick. I can relate to that. (laughs) um, Plus now I'm, you know, I still freak out over Tracy Chapman's voice. So I would still, (laughs) I just want to be friends. I'm like, be my friend. Um, Now my process, I don't know. I... I just sort of start playing the guitar. I might have a little song, a word or a song line idea or something, and I just sit down and start messing around. Yeah. And that's that's what I do. And um, that's kind of that's how it's been for years. I just mess around. I try to get my brain to have some space, which has been hard the past few months. Yeah. Um. So I just have to have a clear enough brain to where I sit down and like can just let creativity come out. Yeah. I feel like it's been hard for me to do that since cell phones were invented. <laughs> me too. I'm never and not Instagram. Bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been working on that myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm never bored. I said not bored, but I'm never that's just you can just pick it up and it's like a little shot of just fills you up real quick just gives you a little nice feeling or whatever or a terrible feeling whatever it does but you yeah. forget like you just forget about being bored to write a song yeah you also you have to like work to be bored sometimes i feel like yeah i'm shocked when i'm bored <laughs> I'm just like wow what is this feeling so is it music or lyrics first um i think they're both the same yeah at the same time they kind of come out and it'll be a little a couple of words and then I try to sing them to something a couple of chords which whatever chords I feel like playing and then I just sort of bend words and notes around until mm-hmm. I find something yeah and then I uh, I go from there 
Awesome. Uh, there have been some, you know, a couple of times where I've written words first, but usually I have to have the guitar with me now. Yeah. Well, this podcast is kind of all about learning to write songs, so there will be some beginners out there. Do you have any tips cool. or tricks? Tips or tricks for getting good ideas out? Oh, um, I would say, like, the thing that keeps me from writing songs the most or you know, and some other like students I've had where I, I've taught songwriting off and on. I would say my favorite advice for myself is just to write it and to take away any idea of where that song's going to end up. Just take just take away any assignment that that you have on that song about. Oh, this is amazing. This could be like my Grammy mm-hmm. award winning song. Like, just take that all away and just write it write something to write something yeah and i don't know if i've just i'm jaded now maybe i've always been jaded i'm like maybe the point is less about making it into the big world of it whatever that is and maybe i'm just supposed to be making and that's what i'm doing so i just think sitting down getting your rough draft down and don't edit it right away yeah just sit down Right. And if I can get like a verse and a chorus down, I know that I'll finish that song. So I kind of give that advice to some students sometimes like get figure out what chunk of song you need to re- to to attach to that piece. Like for me it's a I need a verse and I need a chorus. Yeah. Once I have that, I can take a break. I can come back to it. I can think about it. I need to think about it and sing it while I'm washing the dishes. I need a lot of like mental space. Yeah to process it and then more ideas will come and I'll go sit down and write some more and that's just how I do it but I think just writing it to write it and not editing it for a while is a good tip yeah I think for like the beginner songwriter it it will be surprising how many songs just don't come you know you just don't puke out an entire song sometimes that does happen but a lot of the times you just need to hang out with it (laughs) yeah go, go do something else and then even after it's a, even after you've written it, to take a break mm-hmm. and write something else. Yeah. Or, like, I have a lot of, like, stage fright, performer anxiety stuff, and it's gotten worse over the years. And mm-hmm. that goes with my writing, too. I just usually think everything is, you know, pile of garbage. And then I need a big break from stuff. So then I, I keep it all written down. Oh, here's some more tips. I don't even know if this is appropriate or not, but uh, write it down in one place, like a notebook, and record it on your phone or some little device so you can remember your melody if you're starting out. Yeah. Because I used to think, oh, I'll remember that. Well, then if you really like writing, you might write, you know, I have hundreds of songs. Yeah. I can't remember them all. So there are some that are lost, but I write down the date now I wish I would have started out doing that I write down oh, the date because yeah. it's a diary entry it's where yeah. you're at and I write down the where I want my capo or what key if you're like a fancy musician and know that kind of stuff and I write the chords and I write the lyrics and I just have it in this messy these messy books mm-hmm. and then once I'm done writing it or giving it energy I wait and I come back later and you know, editing is a whole different kind of art Yeah, that I'm still learning and trying to get better at myself. But 
you know, just getting it out there, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. That's a good idea with the, the dates, because I'll just... I have notebooks that'll open up, and I'll be like, "What? Where? What? When the hell? What? What? What was happening here? Like, I don't even <laughs> what know." What was I doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Was this like a seventh grade idea, or was this just last year? <laughs> I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting too to yeah. trace it back. I wish I had done that all along, but I didn't. Yeah. And I wish I had just written on top, like. Just the chord progression, like, oh, this is an E, C, D, like just something, any kind of hint to myself, like, let alone now I put, I'll put a chord, like whatever chord I'm playing, like I'll put it above the word so I know when I switch the chords, <laughs> but just some hint to my future self, like you got to take care of your future self. Yeah, be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you experience writer's block at all? And how do you get past that? I do. I'm just getting out of a big spell. We moved to California and I've always been a really prolific writer. Not that these are all great songs or anything that I would write, but I just always, that's part of my process where I write a lot and I keep a little, you know? Yeah. Um, and some people write very few and they keep them all because they're all beautiful, but I got to write a lot of messy ones before I get one that I like. But the past few years, once we moved to California, I think I just, it was like post-election and we had a lot of like serious personal stuff happening and I just didn't have the brain space for it. Yeah. And I've, I've been kind of like, you know, critical of myself because, uh, you know, I went so long without writing anything. I mean, I might, might write a, there were like a couple years because I recorded this this newest album, I recorded it in Pittsburgh. So then I spent a couple years just kind of in a funk. Once we moved, I just had to heal up from some stuff. Yeah. And I was making other things, and now coming out of it, I realized like I never stopped making art. It just didn't look like song art as much. Yeah. And that's okay. And there's a reason for that. And I'm trying to chill out with myself and accept that my worthiness isn't just in my ability to write songs that no one's probably going to hear. Like I can just be making art to make art and it can look like a quilt or a painting or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know like Joni Mitchell does like she paints, she calls it crop rotation. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, she, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like she needs that other thing to kind of fuel the other thing. But I definitely feel that way too. Like if you, like you, you start equating you as a musician with you as a person, like that's all you can be or something like that. It's, yeah. I don't know if that's healthy. <laughs> I don't think it is. And I haven't really wanted to, I mean, now I feel silly saying it, but I haven't really wanted to tour or travel for mm -hmm. a few years. And I got burnt out by some stuff and like lots of playing and Pittsburgh and stuff. And I just, and I was like, well, I must be a failure as a human because I'm not touring or I'm not in a band or I'm you know I didn't make it I didn't win a Grammy I'm no one knows me and I'm a failure and it's just taken a few years to to get in touch with like myself I'm still working on it you know just like that isn't the only thing that makes me a human being yeah yeah a worthy human being yeah I think that's a a good way to look at it like because making it moves around 
Like, it, yeah. it, like you'll make it to something and then you want that next thing. It's just like you yeah. just keep reaching it or, or you'll just have some kind of success and you'll be like, well, that doesn't really feel as good as I thought it did. I better get this other thing. Yeah. No one knows they've made it. And yeah. The people that are making it to me, they have no idea. They're dissatisfied. Like, <laughs> did you did you watch um, Taylor Swift's, uh, the documentary on Netflix? I didn't finish it. I watched some of it. Yeah, well, the part where she, I was just like, when she was like really upset she wasn't nominated as much for an album or something and i was like oh my gosh taylor <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta i don't know but then i was like okay well what am i doing like that what am what am i like being a little tone deaf about yeah and then i was like thinking like wow i'm so i started making my list of all the things i'm really lucky to have musically yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I got to like get back down to planet Earth for a minute. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good tactic. I will just look at people and get kind of bitter. And the, but I, then I won't then I won't do the thing that you just did, which is like compare myself to that. I'll just be like, "Meh." Meh. Yeah. Look at the advantages or whatever. Anyways. Yeah, I was like sometimes I make a list or like someone will get nominated for something and and I'm like, "Oh, how?" <laughs> this sucks you know like i'm working my ass off for years and then it's like yeah but i'm not good at like schmoozing i'm not good at kissing ass of things of people i'm not good at like spending all of this time and energy like climbing the ladder i mean i don't do the things to get to where i think i want to be and so i'm like you know let it go Avers. just like be myself like it's just yeah. I think one thing that you were real inspirational a little bit for me is uh, I think I went to like a CD release party of yours in Greeley. I think it was at the Sugar Shack. It was some kind of show, but it was just a very intimate thing, but it was packed. And um, for my last CD release party, I had the option of trying to fill this 200 seat venue. Like I got the I got the gig, but then I had the insane stress of trying to fill that venue. Or I could just or I could just do this little living room thing that was really cool really quirky and uh and i was like well that's what judith did and that was a fun time and it, that's what it turned out to be better that way oh yeah this is a cool i don't know if that relates to anything but it was just you know you're inspiring some people for sure thank you yeah <laughs> that's really nice to hear yeah i never could get very many people to go to the shows that's uh, i don't know i'm kind of like a turtle like I'm like slow and steady, just a li- like one thing at a time. Like, yeah, it, it reminds me of like cleaning out. We're like, well, of course, we're I'm stuck at home all the time right now, mm-hmm. and my wife is in a high risk job. Yeah, and so I feel like I need to pretty much be really responsible and stay home and like not mess around because I don't want to be the person on the news causing all this. <laughs> you know, death and destruction to anyone. Yeah. But we have this garage to clean out. And it reminds me a little bit of music. Like, you know, we have some, like, some family here and they clean their garage out in a weekend. They just, like, got it all organized and they just had their shit together, you know? Like, they just did it. And I was like, why can't I do the garage like that? And I'm like, I just can't. I'm not like that. I don't. 
have the energy like that. So I just do like one little thing at a time. Like I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm emptying a box a week out of this garage. And that's how I'm slowly getting this garage organized. Yeah. And that's how I think I do music. I'm just, you know, thinking out loud right now, but I'm like, maybe that's how I do it. Just little venue, little step, one song at a time, just chill out with all the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I tell my students sometimes you, when they're, you know, overwhelmed by a song, it just, you build a house one brick at a time. So just focus, focus on that brick. Instead of getting overwhelmed. Yeah. All right. I um, like that. Do you have a song or an album that you're most proud of? Well, I'm really proud of the newest album because I was able to communicate exactly what I wanted. And I was aware that a lot of you know, former listeners of my music might not like it as much because it's pretty band heavy. Yeah. And I wanted it that way. And I was able to communicate with the producer and he really could listen to me and hear me what I wanted. And at the time I thought, this is going to be the last album I ever make. I'm just doing these songs. I was really pissed about (laughs) a lot of stuff going on in the world. And I was like, this is what I want to say and this is the music that's inspiring me to do it i was listening to a lot of massive attack and i was just like you know what this is what i want yeah and he just listened to me instead of trying you know i've had some folks i've worked with that just try to convince me of something else that Mm -hmm. i want as opposed to what i actually want and there's a lot of sexism in the music business but my last two producers like daniel marcus and anand nyack they were both um really respectful of what i wanted and daniel who did the last album i'm really proud of it because it's what i wanted yeah and song i think one of my favorite songs i just love this song called oklahoma on my last album yeah and it i was able to kind of do the writing style I wanted for that song. And I was inspired by this Kent Harif. I think that's how you say his name by this um, paragraph in this book he had called playing song. And I was like, and Mary Oliver. And I was like, I want to write something very straight forward and simple Mm -hmm. and poetic to say this exact thing. And I I was proud of that song. I still am. Is that one on uh, God bless the brooders? Is that the one? I think it is. I don't even know that stuff. I should know. This is why I'm. This is where I'm at. They can Google it. They'll just Spotify it. Oh, I hear some typing. I'm looking it up. I'm like, wow, that's pathetic. I don't have no idea where my. God bless the brooders. Boom. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we might have just answered it, but how how has your writing or your playing changed over the years? Um, I think I'm learning how to edit a little more Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about, I'm able to take a step back and look at the lyrics critically to make sure they actually read right and make sense. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't because I think, oh, that just sounds cool or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And that's okay sometimes also, but... I'm really trying to edit a little bit. I've been co-writing with a friend of mine in West Virginia. Her name's Joanna. And and we've been 
editing together, which I don't, I don't normally co-write with people. I don't know why I'm doing it right now, but <laughs> I guess I've gone off the deep end with the pandemic, but we've been co-writing this year and I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm into doing. And you've been writing a ton and I'm editing and like taking criticisms of things and she's taking, she can just, I can change something. She can change something. And I've never embraced editing as much. Yeah. I think that comes later with songwriting. Um, when yeah. I first started songwriting, I just would write everything. And the songs were like eight minutes, 10 minutes, six minutes. And now I think about is, am I the only person that would want to listen to that? And if, if that's the answer, that's okay. But be honest about it. Like, is someone going to stick with me for eight minutes for this, like, huge endeavor of a song? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you gave me some advice about that when I was first starting out. Because I would write, like, a seven-minute song that had three songs inside of it. Like, three different I, things completely. And, yeah, now now I would just separate them. Cause I, sometimes, I, I can hear that sometimes when... I listen to certain musicians. I'm like, this feels like two songs. Yeah. Yeah. That need to be their own songs. And I do that too. So I'm like, okay. Elizabeth will really like my fiance. She knows if she likes a song in about 14 seconds, which is crazy to me. (laughs) So she'll tell me like, Oh, this is, this is a too much of a switch too big of a, you know, I can take it to her. Like, I don't even know the nice way to put it. Like, childlike or caveman sensibilities and just just like whether or not she we'll edit that out maybe um but she'll just hear a groove and be like oh this is a good song i'm like well i'm not even to the you know the meat yet but it's good to bounce that off you know because i'll i'll overthink a song and she'll just be like this is this is good or this is bad automatically yeah and what do people around sing of your like what are like my wife like i'm like I pay attention to if she's singing something. Oh yeah. When that she's been hearing me play around the house a lot. I also pay attention to if she's singing another song by some other musician because sometimes subconsciously I write something that has a similar melody to something else and then she'll be singing like some you know Patty Griffith song and I'm like, "Oh, what the heck?" <laughs> you know, like I totally ripped off a song I didn't even know existed and it's really important to like yeah to you know because then I can just go change a few things and it's okay I'm like okay that's you know yeah what is your uh, what are your thoughts on borrowing from other writers what are your what are your rules oh I don't know I think it's unavoidable we're humans and there's only so many notes and I think giving credit I try to do that. I think that's really important with anything we're doing, but just just to acknowledge who's inspiring us, who's who we've been listening to, um, to try not to to try to change it. If if we if you notice that a song has a melody that's similar to something else, you don't have to scrap that whole song. You can just go back and change notes change the words change the fluctuation and the you know the the way you're singing it and and then it'll be yours yeah but i think there's little pieces of everything i've ever heard and everything i've ever written somewhere yeah yeah i like that all right 
Let's get to some nitty gritty stuff. Um, oh. we're, going, we're going pretty old school here, but one of my oh. favorite, my favorite songs you've written is, is better off. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that's like a 15 year old CD, but that song pops up in my head every, every couple months or something like that. Do you remember oh. the writing process for that one? You can't get nowhere when you're broken down. You can't get nothing with a shut mouth. You can't get nowhere with your stubborn pride. But girl, you sure do try. I remember I was in this, like, what I remember about that song, I was in this like little cabin apartment and I remember writing it a little bit that song is pretty it was a a really like I was kind of nervous about that song because I really liked someone and it was not going anywhere but it was sort of like is this going somewhere is this not going somewhere it was anyway I was putting a lot of energy somewhere (laughs) <laughs> and it was with this like person I re- I had a crush on at the time, and she was really cool, but going through her own stuff, and like now I know like she just had to work out her own stuff. But it was a little like I totally like you. No, I don't think I like you. No, I do. and just she's going off the deep end a little. But I wrote that song, and it was kind of a way to come out of the closet a little. Mm. And it was the first time I had written about a woman. Oh wow. And I was scared to put, I think one of the lines was like, whoever wins your heart, girl, you know, and I used the word girl and she, and I used those pronouns and it was very intentional. I was very scared. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to play this. And, you know, no one, probably at the time, no one was listening to lyrics anyway, but it was very important to me. And so I was like, this this is like a coming out moment. So I would play it at shows just to sort of in my own activist way to like, you know, come out as in small ways. Yeah. So that's what I remember about the song, but the, like the structure of anything, I don't remember how I did that or much about it. That's cool. That's a cool way to, to use music to kind of come out of your shell a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. No, I remember like, I'm, I, this wasn't really that long ago, but I just remember like Rufus Wainwright was probably the first male that I heard who would use, you know what I mean? He would actually sing to who he was singing to. And I don't know if that had really happened in mainstream music. Like, I, I don't think Elton John did that in his songs or anything. Yeah. It was, I was scared at the time, but, you know, we were living in a really conservative town and. But, you know, no one was paying it that close of attention. And so, but being this little Kansas girl, I was a very bold, that song was very bold move for me. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I could see that. I came from a a one stoplight town also. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about music and well, I'm sure like everyone I've been trying to figure out what level and what part of the activist community I belong in and where where I can help and not hurt mm-hmm. and I you know I think every little thing matters every little thing can be helpful yeah 
even that little song. <laughs> exactly. I really like the uh, the lead guitar playing on the new album. It reminds oh, me of uh, Gary Leonard, which he used to play with Rufus Wainwright, and he was on all these. I was like a music booklet nerd, so I'd always read the album inserts. He played with like Duncan Sheik. I think it, I think they called him like Spooky Ghost in the notes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like this, and also like Sarah McLaughlin. I don't know if you're a fan of her or not, but um, on like on the song Witness, yeah, just like really gritty, ugly, almost wrong sounding in a weird way. Guitar playing, where just like the guitar just like moans a little bit <laughs> in certain yeah. parts of the songs, and somehow it fits. And uh, yeah, I felt I felt like the guitar playing on your album kind of resembled that a little bit, like on. Just for people to have a reference, uh, Wandering Arrogant was one of the songs. The, the guitar just like howls. Did you work with that's the guitar? That's one of my, that's one of my wife's favorites. Nice. She loves that song. She was just texting me about it yesterday, listening to it at work awesome. with her mask on. And, and she was like, she wants me to, I don't know what, how she wants me to get people to listen to that song. She's like, people need to hear this song. I'm like, I don't think people, I have three followers on Bandcamp, babe. We got to be realistic about the trajectory of my musical career. But okay, boo, you know. Just add one at a time. <laughs> one at a time. But the guitar part, I'm really, I'm so glad that you noticed, Todd, because I love heavy hitting guitar work so much. I love like the Jayhawks kind of guitar and like mm -hmm. Tom Petty and like just certain, just messy, gnarly guitar. I love guitar solos. I was definitely a fan of hair bands. I used to like <laughs> rock out to Iron Maiden. Yeah. And I just love, love having guitar moments and albums. And so when I was meeting with Daniel Marcus, he's the person who's playing all the electric guitar. And, okay. and I just, and also on my last album, Anuj Nayak did um, the lead guitar. I wanted a lot of lead guitar on that album too. This one takes it to a different level of electric yeah. guitar, but I'm just glad you noticed because I just really made the album with what I want to hear, and so it. He just, I think, did a great job. Duty Wales. That's what. Uh, that's what they would say. That's he what... just. He's really chill too. Like when I. When I would go into the studio, he would do that on his own. Like I. It, it wasn't the kind of recording process where we were both going through like really big life transitions at the same time, Daniel and I. And so like, it was this, like we're in this studio in his house and his wife was getting ready to have their second baby. His life is getting to, ready to change a lot. The election had just happened. I was having all this other stuff happen. And so it was just like, just I think we were just getting out some emotions, yeah. you know, and he would send me tracks and I would be like, yes <laughs> or no, or yes. And we were, he just let it go. 
however he did it. I only played one live show with this album, and it was when we moved from Pittsburgh to California. Mm-hmm. And live, he did it live too. It was incredible. He, oh, that's he's, cool. he's, a, he's an amazing guitarist. He's an amazing musician and producer too. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he's a really incredible guitar player. It's, he's Pittsburgh based, you said? Yeah, I think he's from New York. And he lives in Pittsburgh now. Yeah. That's cool. Can you dive into how you wrote the title track, Walk Steady? Walk Steady. I was doing, um, I was really depressed and I had just had a bunch of like deaths in my family, like really close together. My dad and my mom and my sister and my stepdad all kind of died. Well, my stepdad was a few years later. But those three died all very close together, and I was really messed up. And so I did this, like, songwriting challenge a friend invited me to, where it's like, we write a song a week for 52 weeks. And it was sort of just, like, the one thing that kept me going, because Francis was in residency, Mm -hmm. was gone, working, like, 100 hours a week. And I was just essentially alone in the city with, like, a lot of grief. Yeah. So I just was like that song I was writing about. It was just the darkest depths of my soul, honestly. Like when I talk about um, Lord knows what could happen next. Like it was just like something bad just kept happening. Like someone would die and then someone would die and then someone would die. Yeah. And my cat was dying at the time. And I, he was, I was just like, Oh my gosh. So when I wrote like, don't let the three Floria, it was like, that was after like the third person died. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to actually lose my mind. I'm not going to be able to recover from this. Yeah. And you know, there's, you know, my brother and I left and we were both like, what do we do? You know, my sister had passed away. She was only 40 and had kids. And we're like, what, what are we supposed to, how do we handle this? And like, how do you handle these things? I was only like 36 mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to plan people's funerals and clean up their houses and like deal with, you know, coroner reports and stuff. And so that song was like, really about grief and just how messed up it was and when i'm singing like who are you gonna call when there ain't nobody left like it it was like this look into my soul like what about like to everyone and to me like there will come a time where there is no one and you're left with yourself like who are you talking to like who's there really an intense track and it ended up on the cd i just wrote it as kind of therapy but francis when she heard it she was like very emotional and she was at the time she was like 
oh my gosh, sending it to like on Facebook and like (laughs) sending it to her friends. Like she's like the song and she was crying. And I was like, it's just a dumb song. Like it's just this, (laughs) you know, I don't know, but it ended up once we got it recorded and once Daniel just kind of created exactly the sound I really wanted. Like it just sounds so dark and desperate and like heavy hand, like heavy, like you got to just keep going Yeah. and you're stuck with yourself. Like you're stuck. We're stuck with ourselves till the end. And so I think the song feels like that to me and the album is sort of, you know, I kept not releasing it and not releasing it because I just couldn't get it together, get my life together enough to do it. And I feel like it's really funny that I finally felt the energy during this pandemic. Like <laughs> we are stuck with ourselves yeah. and keep, we have to keep going and we have to just keep walking steady, you know, just like keep, keep going. Yeah. I mean, these are two really pow- powerful explanations of songs that <laughs> that I ask about. <laughs> so that's, I'm glad I asked about them. I don't, I don't think I've talked about that song before. It's. I'm glad you asked about it. I do. I do like that. You know. I like that you kind of bounced it off of other people, to. I don't know to almost kind of figure out how important the song was to you in a way. Yeah. It, it almost sounds like that. At least I don't know if that's how you feel. To you, it was might have been just like this is just a journal entry, another day of writing songs. You know. Yeah. That's what most of them are. There are very few that, I mean, sometimes I, I'm surprised later I listen to it and I'm like, oh, I like that. That's sweet. And I just, <laughs> like the song on this new album that I really liked, I was just a 10 on putting, I was like, that song's going on it. And it's you and Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to listen to that. No one really will download it probably. And it'll be one that kind of probably fades into oblivion. But I had been reading Gatsby and I watched the movie and I was just like, I was like really happy with that one, but no one, that's definitely one that I picked and I, without any input at all. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah. Walk steady. That, that means a lot. And probably because Francis's response right away to it was so powerful. Yeah. We'll talk about, I have some promotional ideas for uh, you and Gatsby. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about them after, okay. <laughs> after we record, because I, I wrote a song about Mark Twain, which oh, was cool. totally stupid, but it kind of worked out in my favor a little bit. So, um, nice. All right, last couple questions. Uh, what song do you wish you had written? The hardest, well, the hardest question, apparently, for everybody. I have, I thought about this. You sent me the questions, and I have this huge list. And Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I don't know. There are lots (laughs) of them, but I can just say today. I'll just go with today. Okay. A few. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, the first one is a song called sky trails and it's by David Crosby and Becca Stevens. And I wish I had done the whole production of it. The, the lyrics, the music, the production. I just love it. Awesome. Um, the egotist, by Ethan Gruska, and I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it is so powerful to me. I love that song. Um, this song, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, it's called uh, Dona More by Rose Cousins, or Do No More. Okay. It's like D-O-N-O-U-G-H-M-O-R-E. That song 
brings me down every time I hear it. <laughs> I wish I wrote it. This yeah. last week, I heard this song called Kerosene by David Ryan Harris. Oh, yeah. And it's so good. And I just love the vibe. And I was like, wow. And I taught myself. I don't even know how to play covers. I've never been good at it. And I sat down and learned how to play that song. And I was, I was singing it around the house for like a week. And... I was like, dang, I wish I wrote this song because it's just so catchy and, you know, I just like it. Uh, yeah. Queen Mab, there's a song called Queen Mab, M-A-B, by Becca Stevens. That's so cool. And the production is so cool and weird and I love it. Um, and then the last one on the list that probably is just one of my favorite songs ever is the song that really got me thinking about music was like Boots of Spanish Leather. Mm -hmm. Bob Dylan wrote it, but the Nancy Griffith version is the um, one that really inspired me. Oh, and it cool. made me think about the importance of lyrics and like how you can really like write a novel in a book, in a song. Like your song can be a whole thing. Yeah. And so it really, it really got me, but... Oh, and I really like Angeline by James McMurtry. I wish I wrote that. There's too many times. Ah, this question. These are all. I'm sorry. I, I haven't I'm heard sorry. any of these songs except for the uh, Boots of Spanish Letter, Leather by Bob Dylan. I've never heard her do it. So you give me something to check out now. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. What's What's coming up next for you? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. I'm doing my tu my turtle thing. I'm doing. I'm trying to do like something every day with music to try to get back to a place where I think there's some, you know, that I'm helping with music somehow because I've devoted like I don't know over 25 years of my life to writing songs. So yeah. I'm very like underqualified to do much in the world. So I'm like I need to figure out a place I can help and find some like worthiness in that work that I've done to see, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to, I can relate to dedicating yourself to it and then be like, can I do anything else? Yeah. What is, <laughs> what else is there? And yeah. Having and... said that though, for like, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I'm done <laughs> for, uh, for the listeners though. There's like five albums on Spotify. And all the places you can get music. I mean, Judith puts out a lot of music, for sure. Aw. Yeah, a lot of great music, so you should definitely go check it out. Thanks, bud. Yeah, do you have anything else you want to add? Am I forgetting anything? Well, thank you for being my thing today, my one thing I did today. Oh, cool. For music, and I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And, yeah, of course. And I'm glad that you're thinking about... Um, helping teach folks how to write songs because I think it's really important to have something to do with ourselves and our minds yeah. with all of this creativity. Yeah, hope, hopefully it, it works out. <laughs> well, that list, when you asked me, like, songs I wish I wrote, there are these, like, uh, most of the songs on the list are these, like, these songs that just slay me and they just remind mm -hmm. me that that remind me of my humanity and to keep in touch with that so thanks for that question yeah of course so i mean something we're doing must matter to someone yeah <laughs> awesome thanks right. bud yeah all right thanks for being a part of this
Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening, and I hope this helps you out. If you like what you hear, head over to toolsofsongwriting.com and sign up for the email list. I plan to release a bunch of cool stuff, and if you're on that list, you'll be the first to hear about it. See you next time on the Tools of Songwriting. I go